If you've never been to a bodybuilding competition in person, it might seem quite intimidating with all that muscle painted dark and greasy strutting it on stage. But in reality, a lot of these contests have a wide variety of people from all different ages, backgrounds, and bodies ready to showcase their physiques. Let's grow big together. The podcast that strikes a double biceps pose because there's nothing to it. Vogue. I'm Fausto Fernos. And I'm Mark Fillion. In this series, we're taking a look at the passion for muscle, adventures in bodybuilding, muscle gods, muscle worship, and practical advice to put on the games. Category is Jacked Up Butch Queen Realness. Today, our friend John Paul O'Neill, longtime listener, first time caller, talks about dazzling the crowds at his first two bodybuilding contests by posing to Madonna's song Vogue, ending with a death drop that shook the judges. John has been lifting for five years, and after his first two bodybuilding contests, he's earned the title of NPC Classic Physique Bodybuilder. Plus, box squats and applesauce. And getting the perfect spray tan to look your best in a show. Our guest today is hydraulic engineer, bodybuilder, longtime listener, first-time caller, John Paul <laughs> O'Neill, who, after five years of lifting, did his first bodybuilding contest this fall, earning him the title of NPC Classic Physique Competitor. And it's also the first contest we've ever sat through. That's right. <laughs> Welcome to Let's Grow Big Together, John Paul O'Neill. LGBT. LGBT. <laughs> wink, wink. Girl, look how orange you look. <laughs> <laughs> not, not as orange as I was last night. You were pretty orange yesterday. Well, I was like brown last night. What it's did you stain? Like, did you stain the toilet seat or the, uh, the bed sheets or anything? This time, I didn't stain anything, and I'm very proud of myself. But three weeks ago, my first competition... I did not cover the toilet seat with toilet paper enough, so there were little marks of orange on it, and I had I'd signed like a, a waiver that I had to have to pay <laughs> for, for anything. Yeah, uh, from the hotel, I'd yeah. have to pay for anything for them to replace it if I stained it. So I was panicking because they but do that with the bodybuilders. They yeah. do. Yeah, you have to like you bring your own sheets. I brought my own pillow. You bring your own sheets. You. As soon as I get into the hotel room, I rip off the sheets on the bed and put my own sheets on. I just have gray king size sheets. And I mean, you're supposed to sleep in loose fitting clothes anyways, but the just do the extra mile. And then, um, and just to clarify for our listeners, we're not talking about like you have incontinence or irritable no, bowel syndrome. No, no. We're talking about tanning. Yeah. Here. Tanning the spray tan. Yeah. The spray for bodybuilders, tan. They want you dark to show off the muscles. Right. So when, yeah, you're on stage underneath the bright lights, you need the, sh yeah. you need to be dark to make the shadows. And then they put the oil on you to make the highlights. And it's pretty much like makeup at that mm -hmm. point, you know? Um, but yeah, so, but and they use a different spray tan than just like normal spray tanning. They use a dark, heavy stuff that you will rub off on things. So, yeah, you bring your own sheets. They call it shoe polish. Do they? Yeah, like some people are like, oh, I hate putting on the shoe polish. It makes my, my acne Oh, well, do, they, do, they, do they contour at all with like darker, like to make your pecs pop more or like your abs pop or anything? I don't know. Uh, they might. I, they, they. I think do that. Would do that with the oiling. Okay. Because there's a little more attention done to the oiling. Yeah. But you do. I highly recommend that if you do a show, that you pay for 
the spray tanning that the show provides because that's usually a better quality it's so much better it's specific you're going to be the same color as all the other guys on stage because you'll be from the same pot of mixed colors <laughs> um you're going to have the same quality stuff um mm. actually my first show the badger state i did three weeks ago I was on stage in my open class, and there was a guy who was right next to me sweating profusely, sweating so much. And I mean, yeah, maybe he had a lot of water in him still, or but it, it becomes Nurse. kind of just that, or he's just flexing so hard. But then there's also a genetic component, too. Like some people just sweat a ton on stage, and there's lights and it's hot and everything, but he did his own tan. And when he came off stage, about half his tan had looked like it melted oh. off of him. It, it does look like a Rudy yeah. Giuliani at a press conference uh. happening. There was like all the guys were like dripping yeah. sometimes with this. And brown then it just stuff. runs yeah. and it looks so bad. Now, when they oil you up, is it because I know like sometimes when people do photography, uh, they put oil on like the highlights. So like at the peak of the muscle so that it really kind of like looks like it's uh, bigger or do they just oil everything? Up? So the amateur shows that I've done so far, um, they just have rubber gloves on and they kind of put it on you and they know that you're going to be standing in line so much so long that it's all going to get evened out okay. and it's going to get absorbed into your skin and you're not even really going to shine as much as you want now they and then they did use pam spray both times really yeah like cooking spray cooking spray yeah. less of thin on a, in a bottle mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cheap stuff too mm -hmm. like not even not even it like wasn't not even brand it pam? wasn't even brand pam it was the cheap butter flavored Ooh. And they you didn't did, tell me you were butter flavored yesterday. <laughs> I totally would have licked you. Well, they choose the butter. <laughs> they choose the butter flavored one. At least the ones that I go to have been at. Because well, they do the cheap one because it's like little John O'Neill. Yeah, they do that because it smells better than. Yeah. I mean, everyone okay, already sure. stinks. You all stink like spray tan. Mm -hmm. So the butter flavor at least is some kind of mm -hmm. scent other than just oil and spray tan and, and body yeah. odor. And when you're dehydrated too, your your breath usually stinks. So I'm sure that these guys were probably just. I everywhere. shut off my my sense of smell. I don't even. Know. <laughs> I was standing in line, and one guy's like, "I have never stunk this more in my life." Have you know, like you can feel like when you stink. And I'm like, I I'm just turned off right now. I just don't even. I'm not. I'm not even trying to smell anything. To be honest with you, it is interesting. You have all this meat and no gravy. It's a, a very you know from the audience's perspective, we're looking at a celebration of the human body. Uh, both uh, men, women, non-binary people, trans people participate in bodybuilding. And yet for from the perspective of the competitor, you're pushing your body to the limit to try to get a certain level of conditioning to win, to to get these titles. That's and the meat you're talking about, the right? The meat, what, yeah. I, no gravy what is, what is the gravy? Is that like the sprinkles so, on top? So we're, we're, uh, this is a Mae West quote she, in no, the movie no. Sextet. She says, she's standing around all these bodybuilders. She says, all this meat, no potatoes. Yes. And what she's talking about is that like for from the athlete's perspective, a lot of your sexuality, just your your desire to sort of like connect or invite to be seen or seen other people is muted when you're pushing yourself so hard, right? Now that the contest is over, you're like back to being a human being again, eating and having normal relationships with people. But getting ready up to that contest is really mentally and physically demanding. 
And so from the audience yep. perspective, we're like there going, woo, you look great, all the stuff. And from the, the competitor's uh, perspective, it's just like, but there was like back rolls. Or, you know, <laughs> I didn't like how I looked and stuff. And you're just like, back, back rolls? rolls? Back rolls. Back rolls. Well, and you're tired, you're dehydrated, yeah. right? Well, I mean, yeah, I woke up at 4.30 yesterday. Mm -hmm. I didn't, my alarm was set at 7. But, and I went to bed at... 11 or something mm, like that. Yeah. So I got five hours. It was actually like more than I got for the first show. But so I woke up because your adrenaline, like your adrenaline just going like after the prejudging show, before mm -hmm. the final show, you have a, like a break of a few hours. Um, I went back to my hotel room to lay down because lear I've learned that staying off your feet when you're competing is very important. Not only is it a pain because you're on your feet, but when you're vertical, all your blood's going down into your legs and, you know, like you lose height throughout the day. You want to stay long and tall and like you look like in the mornings. Mm. So laying down is very important. So I went back and I was like, I'd love to like take a nap because I've only had like five hours of sleep. But I, as soon as I laid down, I was like, I'm, I, my adrenaline's too high. I'm not going to fall back But even asleep. just, you know, even just resting is enough yes. sometimes, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So when you're backstage... And you see all the new guys, and I'm not saying that I'm like the most experienced person because I've only done two now, but even still like the guys who are just buckets of nerves and everything, and they're all standing, waiting, and they've taken off their clothes and they're standing there ready and mm. they're waiting and waiting. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I've, I've prepped and for three hours 16 later. weeks. Yeah, I prepped for 16, 20, whatever, how long your prep was. They're like, this is the moment. And they're, they're standing there for an hour two hours, you know, especially the men's physique guys that are the ones that go to la the ones that go last, you know, they're standing there and they're putting all that strain and stuff. They're essentially letting all that weight travel down to their legs. Men's physique guys cover up their legs with the board shorts. They're not doing Why themselves any favors. It's, it's the look. So you have, you know, you have your bodybuilding division with their posers, right? The, the, th the thong or whatever you want to yeah, with the glitter. You do get to make a style choice when you get to pick I those I like out. the red velvet ones. Those were pretty yeah. sexy. Oh, there's, there's a guy who won his division, and he was wearing a red velvet thing. Yeah, the overall winner. Yeah, yeah. he had a yeah the nice red. There's uh, My coach really likes the purple velvet ones. He just likes how the light works on velvet as opposed mm -hmm. to, like, glitter ones. But I saw a really cool glitter one on the guy yesterday. You get both. Yep. And then, and then you have classic men's classic physique, which is what I competed in. That has to be a specific black trunk. Um, it, it can't be just any black trunks. It actually has to be a specific cut. I bought mine from like NPC wear online. Mm -hmm. NPC is the national physique committee. Um, the federation that puts the shows. Cause together. if you show up with some other kind of underwear on, they're going to be like, oh, they will, sorry, they'll turn you away. You'll be disqualified. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I saw a guy there who had, it was like, it was one with an interesting waistband and the trunks were cut lower in the, um, legs and lower than the ones that I bought this year, which are supposed to be the most up-to-date cut because, mm -hmm. like, the cuts have changed. And I was like, is he going to get away with that? I mean, it's an amateur show, so I guess he did. But mm -hmm. I was like – and then board shorts, um, men's physique, not classic physique, but men's physique, The board, they were board shorts, or we, I call them the pretty boys. The, the, mm -hmm. the, look is, the look is like you're on a beach. Mm -hmm. But you wear board shorts. They don't – they go to, like – Above the knee. Above the knee. Yep. If you have, and if, if you're smart, you wear, you don't wear loose ones. You don't want to be wearing like basketball shorts or something sure. loose. 
Because if you have them hug your leg and you even have decent legs, like, yeah, they're not really judging your legs in men's physique, but having good fitting board shorts and stylish ones, because it's another could you style wear some thing. board shorts that have like some padding in the booty, would they know? <laughs> they only, I think they only allow or specific brands. Okay. Too, they know, only, uh, well, they have to check your board shorts. Okay. They have to check your posers. They have, to, if you're bodybuilding, you have to check your board shorts. Mm -hmm. I mean, they like, they just monitor your trunks. Um, but then the women, the women have to have their like bikinis checked. And hey, hold on a second. Too. So there's a, a job in these bodybuilding contests that is to look inside a guy's trunk to make sure he's not sticking a banana in there. Uh, can I apply for that? <laughs> now, are you are you, are you are you allowed to wear a cock ring in your? <laughs> so you had to put the junk all front and forward. Uh, that's that's a question that's been brought up. I've listened to once. It's like, which way do you go when you're wearing well, these adjust things? Adjust your nuts and, the, it, it, yeah, and, and point balls, and yeah. point your friend. Yeah, you know, I point down. Okay. That's just the way I like it. Um, yeah. Some guys will point up to the left or up yeah. to the right. No one's tucking. No, no one's no one's tuck like <laughs> doing a, a full no. tuck. Uh, yeah, especially like if it pops out during your routine or something. Well, I think the like point that, is that yeah, you yeah. want your dick to look good, though. Well, we also like yeah. minimum. I think you kind of just want it to be like not there in some ways, right? <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I don't know. It's with my mine men's classic physique. I'm very regimented to a specific thing. When you get into the posing trunks and stuff, it's like, yeah, you don't want like your scrotum to start slipping out on you or something like that. <laughs> you know, like now in terms of the contest, uh, you didn't place in terms of your f conditioning for, you know, uh, in the top five, I guess it is. And you were competing with how many guys? It was like 25 people or so. Uh, yeah. So this competition last yesterday, last yesterday, mm -hmm. last night, yesterday and last night. Um, I competed in novice, the novice class, which are people who've not gotten first before at all. If you get first, it makes you ineligible for novice class. Um, so I competed in novice and there were 21 guys in my class. So That's I was, a lot. It, it, yes, it's, it's, it's a huge, it's even for this area, we're in Chicago. Um, it's a big show. And, and even my coach was surprised. It's like, this is the amount of people you see at national level shows and the competition level. I mean, not the competition level that are national shows, but this is the amount of people you see there. And then I com also competed in the open category, mm -hmm. which is open to everyone, all ages, all anything and everything. It's open. And that's the one where your placing does matter because if you get first or something, then you qualify for a national show at a national qualifier. Um, if you're first or second uh, as of this year, and then you can go to a, like, you qualify for a national show, you can do a national show. And if you win a national show, you get your IFBB pro card, mm. but those are in the open classes. And just like, you know, uh, dance page uh, contests or drag pageants, getting that IFBB pro card means that you can ask for more money as a trainer or as a coach, you can sponsorships. It, it oh, opens yeah. up a lot of doors to financial opportunities. So that's why people like, uh, work so hard to get it right or now, even one thing that you did get at the contest yes. yesterday was for your solo performance which is a one minute long mm -hmm. uh flexing dance performance piece Posing to madonna's routine. vogue yes and it begins the song was like what are you looking at and people got it right away yes. they were just like yes the and people so we're watching knew. we're watching you know performance after performance after performance and some of these guys are really good looking great bodies you know and they're playing you know stairway to heaven 
or you know, uh, poison ain't nothing but a good time. A lot of dirtbag music. Dirtbag music. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so it, it kind of all sort of like felt like their friends and family were cheering for them. But John Paul stood above the rest of the crowd because he got everybody cheering for him. And even though you may not have had the the best physique or even the best performance, it was like your choice to bring in something that had a lot of, you know, black queer energy into a space too, yeah. was just remarkable and wonderful. And, and I, I really want to salute you for making such a bold choice that I feel actually resulted in you getting the best overall audience response, right? I'm very proud to say that I and very confident in saying that my posing routine was a crowd favorite last yeah. night. It was and everyone kept saying like I was walking around backstage and I was like, it was so cool. Like you did. So everyone was like, everyone loved it. And that felt so good. And uh, yeah, the whole thing for picking Vogue was um, that I've loved the song uh, ever since. Like I first was kind of exposed to it on the episode of Glee. With, uh, <laughs> not, not when pose on uh, when, yeah, no, when uh when uh sue sylvester and all that you know they're all doing when she does her vogue video and that's like looking into us and then i loved it and i just learned the whole thing and i don't know how to do the dance she dot madonna moves so fast and that it's crazy how she does some of those dance moves um it's a lot of popping it is she's doing like a macarena kind of thing yeah yeah. yeah 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 and um <laughs> so i had decided yeah. long like long time that's like if i'm gonna do a show even before i decided to show i'm going to do it to madonna's vogue how long have you been thinking about this um so i committed to doing a bodybuilding show probably about a year and a half ago okay um but i only started prep uh preparing for the show july 10th so 17 weeks ago okay but i had picked out the show long in advance mm-hmm. The song um, you've picked it out in your head. Oh, in, in the and show the too, the contest too. Okay. too. Yeah, but the song, yeah, before that for sure. I knew because it's like the bodybuilding competitions, at least the ones I've been to in Wisconsin and now in Illinois. Well, Chicago was definitely stand out more so than uh, Wisconsin is as far as because Wisconsin the, reception was different, right? Oh yes, it was so much. It was a lot quieter. So your first one was Shredded Cheddar. Yep, Shredded Cheddar Productions puts on the NPC Badger State Championships. So it's another div- another space. Wisconsin, and, yeah, and the the crowd was like, "What?" Uh, you got a little bit of response. I got a little yeah. bit of response. It was a little Miss Sunshine. Is it, it, not not that level, <laughs> I guess. But there was some. There was, uh, I guess, there were yeah. the little localized groups of appreciation and applause yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Like when I went out there and the song started at the Badger State, I could hear people be like, "Oh, this is cool!" Like he's doing a, like this. He's doing Vogue. He's yeah. not doing like something you would expect at a bodybuilding competition, you know. But. It was amazing last night at the Gladiator with, I don't know, maybe the different kind of people around in the area. It was that a very kind diverse of, crowd. Yes, very much so. Because it's pulling from Chicago. Cultural backgrounds. You had Latino, black, Asian, white, Irish, you know, Puerto Rican. Everybody was there. And you had different sizes of bodies. You know, because when we think about bodybuilding competitions, it's we only see, think about the winners, not everybody who shows up to participate. Right. It's huge. And it's a huge, wide variety. Right. Like, it, I wrote down, before we started taping, like, all the, just in the concept of weight classes. For, for the listeners who are not familiar with this, there's bantam weight, which is the twinks, 
lightweight, which is the otters, middleweight, which is the wolves, light heavyweight, which is the muscle bears, heavyweight, which is the chonkies, and super heavyweight, which is the super superheroes. The bulls. The bulls. The bulls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like an yeah. NPC, the bantamweight, the lightest group, is uh, up to 143 pounds. And a quarter. And yeah, and a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was some uh, yeah. so little, it's like small. guys who had like real big muscles, but they were only like five foot three or four. Yeah. You know, it's you, incredible. You put more more weight on a shorter frame, you look a lot more, imp- a lot, you look very impressive. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the guys that deserve the most props are the ones that are tall. And have the size because yeah, it's like they become the giants. That the are Chris Bumstead. They're imposing on stage. Yeah, there was a couple guys that ha- were serving Chris Bumstead energy. That, oh, they, there was know? one guy that went a couple after mine, yeah. and we, the guy, and I was standing with another classic physique competitor, and we were looking at it, and he had Chrissy, uh, Chris E B. I call him Chris E B. Um, Chris Bumstead. <laughs> Uh, he had the Chris Bumstead Chris mustache. Bumstead. He had the Chris Bumstead like hairstyle going on with the side shave. And he was almost doing exactly Chris Bumstead, one of Chris Bumstead's Olympia routines. So it's kind of like a Dolly Parton impersonator. <laughs> drag oh, it's, it's almost. But the only thing <laughs> yeah, is, like, yeah. only people who are really that into the sport would be able to I recognize all of those things. Yeah, yeah. I was Must there. Be his idol. Because, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and part of it is like, look, we, we idolize Chris Bumps at a many levels, right? He's a, an extremely beautiful man. He has a phenomenal body. And he's really seems like a really kind, sweet, gentle soul. He checks all the boxes yeah. is what he does. Is like, And he came at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Like uh, men's uh, classic physique had been around for a couple of years. You had the, the winners that won before him. He wasn't the first, mm-hmm. but... He has exploded the sport beyond it. He ch- and we you go through like other pros, NPC men, classic physique pros, and they don't check all the boxes that Chris Bumstead checks. And not only that, but Chris Bumstead has like gone beyond just bodybuilding. He's like sometimes regarded like the first bodybuilder since Arnold to branch out and go beyond just the bubble of bodybuilding into fitness into the, even into the dreams and, and consciousness yeah. of the general public and you know part of that is too because he is you know just irresistible <clears throat> and there's a lot of irresistible men and women at these contests you know and and what's interesting is like and back to the original point where we're making is like there there's not a lot of like flirting going on or like backstage you're like hey you're pretty cute give me a call you know kind no of. you're all there to compete um you I mean, know, you, did you have, did you see thing? anybody that you were like wanting to follow on Instagram? Every time. Every time. Yeah. Every time there's guys, but I know that it, that is not the space for me to be. Was, was there any like. Doing uh, that and throwing people that, off. Was it the Sabotage. Miss Puerto Rico and Miss Argentina? <laughs> got married. The lesbian power couple. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they're pageant women yeah. who fell in love during the competition. So I imagine, you know, now where, you know, queer visibility is an all time high and participation in bodybuilding contests, it's just a matter of time before they're the equivalent of that in bodybuilding happens. I hope so, because, I mean... I are <laughs> all like, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of bodybuilding well, couples I, It would be there. cool, yeah. but then there's, well, there's also the, equa- like, part of the equation is like, do you want to be in a relationship with someone else who's also competing? Because that why, why only... Why is that hard? Ma- uh, well, because you're both strained. You're both very strained. This is the most difficult drawn out thing i've ever done in my entire life yes i've like gone to college and 
uh, done other difficult or challenging things, you know, taking quantum mechanics class. That was my hardest class ever. And that hurt my brain. Time but, traveling is hard. Yeah. 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 But this yeah. physically, and then once you get deep enough into it, mentally, emotionally, of course, it's socially challenging as well. Because um, it's the time you put into it. So it, you're alienating a lot of people socially. And you, you don't have time to clean your apartment. You don't have time to walk the dog. You don't have time to see friends. All that kind of it's stuff. It's like you barely have time to get groceries. And right. that's like and trying you got to a stay meal on. Crap? Yes, yes. So, yeah. It's a lot. How many times I baked tilapia in the last few weeks. Mm. My like, oven. You don't want to see tilapia ever again. Ah, it's fine. <laughs> I, I put like a really good spice mix on it, but that's all I got to do. That's all I was allowed to do. So in terms but of the yeah, last, there's no, uh, there's, sorry, there's, but yeah, that's like, it'd be really cool backstage. I mean, you make friends, especially more so after the prejudging earlier in the day, because you're all kind of done competing at that point, and you're just going to perform at the night show. It'd be really cool to make friends, mm -hmm. but it, it, there's not much relationship there's, there's making. Space. Yeah. Well, I saw, listen, I took a picture of you talking to a very handsome guy. While you're waiting in line, I was yep. like, and we're like, oh, wouldn't they be oh, adorable? They be adorable? Oh. Well, you know, for, for people that don't know, yeah. it's like you have the morning routine and that's when you're truly judged, right? And then later on you come for the evening routine. That's when you come out and, and do your muscle posing and that's your time to shine. But who is going to be in the top five or who's going to win? That's already been determined. It's pretty, pretty much predetermined, especially at amateur level mm -hmm. shows. That's what the prejudging yeah. earlier in the day at like 9 a.m. And that's where you score. can succeed with doing something really queer, like you know, posing to Madonna's Vogue. At the night the show. The votes are cast already. The, it's already, night, yes. the die has been cast. And, you know, also you're like new to all this, so you're not having the expectation of being like number one of something, you know? Right. No, I'm there to yeah. show, I'm, I'm there to do what I want to do and... I mean, it's the night show. You're, it's the show. That's when the show is. The competition is at the prejudging earlier in the day. And uh, you guys were at the prejudging yesterday as well. Mark, the, if you guys hear that sound in the background, it's Mark <laughs> has some Asian beverage that has a Ramune little, drink, a, a glass it's bottle so, in it. It's driving us it's crazy. It's so extra. <laughs> Because it's like you take off the lid, then you have to remove some plunger, you have to get the ball, and then there's a ball like that kind of like still comes back up, so you only can take little sips at a time. I think it's designed for kids, so they don't just glug, glug, glug. I, yeah, it's I really know, like, fizzy. like a little gerbil in a tank, like in a, in a, in a cage, yep. trying to get liquid out of but it. But the ball's fun. I do like balls. <laughs> balls so, in holes. 17-week preparation. Now, you've been lifting for five years. You decided to do this contest about a year ago, a year and a half ago. A year ago. and a half ago, yep. And now you work with a coach, Matt, mm -hmm. uh, to getting ready for this. 17 weeks. What, what did you determine? What took place 17 weeks ago to get to this point? Uh, yeah, so like four years ago, um, I like started, I got consistent. That was, I started a job at like a like a 40 hour week job and i made the consistent very simple rule of working out every day after work five days a week no matter how tired you are same time yep that's just but you it, take a it's, nap it's in your just, car uh, now i do yeah when i first started like you know two and a half years first two and a half years i didn't do that but yeah it's just every day after work go to the gym don't even go home go straight to the gym be consistent that's what it was all about, like actually commit to consistency. And I cannot advocate for the results you get from consistency enough. Like people ask me, if someone was to ask me how I got where I am, it's being consistent. 
It's as simple as that is just doing it. Um, so because I'll be real honest, like when when you told me you were because I've known you for a while now and you were telling I want to be in the bodybuilding contest. And I was like, sure, Jan. <laughs> me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I was just, you know, I said you have a lot of work to do and you did it and you got there. Yes. And, and, and I'm so, happy you know, and it's to me, it's like part of it is does remind me of the the st- children's story of of the the hen who was wanting to bake bread. And went to the dog and said, would you like me to plant the seed, the wheat, to grow grain so I can make bread? And the cat was not interested. Then the dog went to the dog and said, would you like me to harvest the wheat to gather the grain to make the bread? Not interested. Went to the duck and said, would you like me to knead the bread and bake the bread and stuff? The duck was not interested. But when the bread came out of the oven, all the animals showed up and wanted a slice of her. Gotcha. And do you feel in some ways now, because you are looking like you're ready to be, you know, uh, Instagram influencer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> supermodel, right? Do you feel like some of the guys that in the past or people that you wanted attention from that didn't give you the attention now see you and they're like, oh, well, you know, this is a different kind of game. No, I don't get the attention yeah, I want no, still. observing that. There are like people who like casual every day, like at the gym will be like, Wow, you look so lean now and everything. And then those look compliments. How orange you look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> girl, <laughs> look how orange you look, girl. Um, yeah, no, I, I do get compliments in the gym and stuff. Those are the people that see me every day, though. Yeah. They're not just people who might scroll past my photo or something mm-hmm. and be like. But they're your family. They don't see me 17 yeah. weeks ago, how I was then. I did a post earlier today on Instagram about how I looked 17 weeks ago versus now, this is the first time I've been this serious about it. Mm. Um, and going back to, so like, sorry, four years ago, yeah. I started being really consistent. Two and a half years ago, I decided to get a coach. Um, so I've had my same coach for that amount of time. A year and a half ago, I committed to doing specifically these uh-huh. shows. I uh-huh. picked the shows out and committed to them. And then 17 weeks ago, I started the prep for it. Um, I It was going to be 20 weeks um, but I really wanted to go eat popcorn and see the new Thor movie that came out because I like Thor so much and celebrate my birthday and all that. Um, and then, yeah. And then after that, the last 17 weeks have been follow the plan 100 percent cut down. I lost 23, 24 pounds, something like that in preparation in, for In it. 17 weeks, you yep. lost 23 pounds. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, it's because you just did a contest about a month ago, right? Yep, three weeks ago. So, yep. Three weeks ago. And so a lot of times people gear up towards that one contest. And because, you know, it's, it's it's you know, you're, you're bulking, 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 and then you're going to cut, cut, cut. So you, And then you dehydrate yourself for that contest. But and so you've done that. And then you have in three weeks. So how do you handle that three weeks in between? Because like you did a lot of that stuff already. Yes. So actually the intent wasn't even to do the gladiator at first. I was just going to do the badger state because that's the contest that my coach did. And I wanted to do that. And then I figured, I thought about, I was like, I figured like if I'm going to be putting in all this work for all this weeks, do the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. um, You know, why am I doing it all for just one time? You know, what if it doesn't go well? At least I'll have a second chance to maybe make it go better, which they both went amazingly. And the gladiator is like, it's been, it was amazing. Um, so I decided to do that. And, you know, I could have done, I could have done one two weeks earlier than the Badger State, but that prep would have been 12 weeks at that point. So we decided, you know, three weeks after is going to be a good amount um, for you to like recover from the strains of the first show 
and kind so of. So did you bulk up again and then cut, or what did you in do? that three weeks? Yeah. No, 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 no. no just, that's not enough. So time. were you maintaining? How did that work? It was actually it was a buckle down. It was a um, uh, at the Badger State. I realized that I did not place well. Uh, I kind of had expectations of placing well, uh, which is completely on myself. Because when I showed up, and I got really down about when I realized that uh, I was not going to do as well as I had originally thought I would. Because you show up there, and there's guys that have been, you know, working out for 10, 20 years. Or they're just they're just better than you. And you yeah. don't know who's going to show up. Right. This isn't like a thing where the roster's posted beforehand. Mm-hmm. It's just maybe some of them decided to compete a year and a half ago like I did. Maybe they decided three days ago that they're going to compete and they're just doing this before another show that mm-hmm. they're going to do. You know, you have no idea who's going to yeah. be there. Um, so you show up and you're like, and I was just like, and I just got so down about it. So after the Badger, I really like, I buckled down. I started going and doing step mill cardio in the morning for the first time in my life. I'd been doing morning walks um, just around the neighborhood before, but I actually went to the gym and got on the on the stairmaster and was doing that for the you know for a week, two week or two in between there, and you know really stepped it up. And I was amazed how even in that three weeks I could become so different. It, what I, I, changed? Uh, I got I got I got leaner. Yeah, I did get leaner. Um, quite a bit, and stuff just started showing up more. Um, I don't know if it was the strains from the Badger State originally that helped make that happen too, but doing it, pushing harder that second, you know, the three weeks in between the shows really made a difference. It did for sure. So I'm so glad that I chose to do two shows. Oh, good. Um, yeah, because well, I only Well, you certainly improved. had such a reaction to your performance. Yeah, the Vogue. routine. Yes. And to me, I was like, I felt very much that was like a pinnacle, you know, Mark and I also had seen you rehearse that and develop it. And, mm-hmm. and to me it was like, I don't know. It was, it was emotionally moving and, and exciting and fun. You guys were so excited about it when you first oh, saw yeah. it. You, you, great. And you were like in your dance background, you were like getting all up and giving me choreo. The, the stuff and any of my advice. I did. I made one little <laughs> adjustment for you. Well, but, Cause I wanted you to do more of uh, voguing movement and you're like but that's not a bodybuilding pose that's the thing that i had yeah. to weigh right when yeah. i'm when i'm when i'm doing this routine setting it up and planning and yeah. choreographing it all it's just like okay this is vogue it's a dance mm-hmm. it can be go- like very gay the house down boots honey right just you know serve work the whole time but i'm not at pride I'm at a bodybuilding competition. Pride is anywhere you make it, (laughs) just to be clear. So, you know, I have to be posing. I have to be showing off my body. I have to be doing bodybuilding posing. So I'm going to do that in the most vogue way I can get away with. And, you know, however, at the end of your performance, you decided to do a death drop or is known as a dip to some other people. And the organizers of the contest knew you were doing it, but the security didn't. And they were like, did he just die? Did he? The, the EMT guy, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 the emergency yeah. medical technician yeah, was yeah. like, worried about your safety. Oh, it's a death drop. Call it a death drop for a, for reason. a reason. Right, right. right. So you landed backwards. You slammed on the ground and everybody's like, <gasps> you know, and to, to me, because there were other contestants that were sort of in a precarious health situation. There was a guy there with an oxygen tank who was a respirator. A yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
He may have uh, had, you know, we don't know what he had or what his situation but was. But he came in second and he people loved second, him. Yeah. Well, because, you know, you carry that oxygen tank builds muscles. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, and to me, it was like, this is why it's like important to sort of talk about all the contestants, because we think of bodybuilding as this like perfect, pristine thing, but it's dirty. It's it's stinky. It's imperfect. It's full of flaws. And it's, and it's beautiful because of that. I mean, so much attention is given to the best. Yeah. All the time. They're the winners. They get the trophy. They're the mm-hmm. best. They're the people to pay attention to, right? But Because we want to look like them. Right. It, yeah. they're, they're the ideal. But that's 5%, maybe. Mm. Not, the majority of the people yeah. are not that level. They're the people who are, you know, may, they might have mm. family I, or you know, there was whatever. Very, how many people showed up? Like 100 people completely? So according to the photographer, there's 186 contestants. Oh, wow. And when you have, and he said there were over 300 crossover contestants. So people that cross over between divisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they might do more than one division. So you could be classic physique, but you can also be a mature man. You could also do that, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Or what do they call it? Masters. What's interesting about um, uh, the guy with the the oxygen tank is he came out and he was standing there with everybody else and they were doing some poses that, and he just was like, I need to take a break. And so he just like, I started walking off stage and people were like, oh my God, I hope he's going to be okay. I hope he's going to be okay. But, um, you know, he came back later and was placed in the top five and then he was like, he was number two. Well, because we're so used to, you know, watching theater, which mm-hmm. where danger is simulated, mm-hmm. wrestling, uh, which is a hybrid of the simulation and the real. And here we have somebody whose physical safety is in danger. You know, he's literally like, <gasps> you know, and you can hear that visceral breathing and you're just like going, and you know, their bodybuilding gets a lot of criticism where we're like, we're pushing people too hard. We're, we're trying to, we're killing ourselves trying to look like mass monsters because we're embarrassed or afraid to say men are beautiful. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger's criticism says that the mass monster movement is a res- response to homophobia because we we're worried about the beauty in men's bodies. There's discussion about the um, mm-hmm. the ugly bodybuilders, yeah. the guys that go for the uglier look because they don't want to be sexualized. They don't want to be pretty, you know, like Chris Bumstead and the Beach Boys and mm-hmm. the, be fond over. They want the more ugly look so that they're regarded as a monster instead. And, and that's they want to their, scare the children. They, yeah, and that's their, their I guess, that's their choice category. to do that. Yeah, is to do that. <laughs> but that it, you know, it yeah. it's definitely a little, it, you know, that has its place in the bodybuilding too, in the bodybuilding world. But it's a it becomes like a choice kind of of the look mm. you want to present. Um, there's, it's very much about. I mean, yeah, you have to look a specific. You you don't have to look a specific way, but there is a look that the judges idealize reward exactly yeah so and you want to go for that but you want to do it in your way and that's where you don't want to be a clone of something you want to stand out but have that same kind of stand out as yourself but still fit the mold i guess can we talk about the the sexy audience members (laughs) (laughs) there was a lot of meat in that audience too holy shit look at all that meat there's a lot Look of big guys. Buns. Look shit. at them buns. Uh, you know, it, it, I I was uh, delighted at seeing just the the families with their kids, and the the kids are like, "Where can we go now?" Right? They don't know what's like, going on. They don't even know what's going on, and just like, and these you know people in, who are on dates going like 
you know, if you're going on a date with a bodybuilder to the to thing, a bodybuilding contest, show? yeah, I saw this beautiful man and his girlfriend, and she he was wearing like short shorts. He was definitely not competing because he was not on the tanorexia. <laughs> and uh, she had her hands on his thighs, mm. and she was like, she gave me a look like, get away from my man, <laughs> or I'll cut you with these nails. And I was just like, you know, and, and it was interesting just seeing like uh, the the coaches trying to network to get new clients. And it was like the it, it was a uh, it reminded me a lot of the uh, hubaloo of fitness expos or even South by Southwest with musicians and stuff like that. And it was just a lot of fun to be in that environment. So if you've never been to one, I would recommend just just, you know, go to the afternoon one and. And so have a blast. So that kid I was talking to in line behind me that yeah. you thought we were looking good. He had never been to a bodybuilding show before and he'd wow. never competed in one before. And, and, uh, he just decided to just do it. And I'm like, you've never been to like, you, you didn't you even do? scout it out. He did better than I did. How do you know? Did he play? Uh, he, um, do they, do you know where you, out of the 21 <sighs> people, do you know where you land? Yeah. So yeah, in my, in my novice class, um, I was in the third call out. Let's see. So seven, 14. And then I think I was like third in that call out. So 14, 15, 17th out, out of 21. 21. Yep. And then, um, out of, in my open class, oh gosh, that was, <laughs> that was, that was a whole nother level. Um, I'm used to seeing a lot of people who do novice also do an open class, mm -hmm. but at the gladiator yesterday, Almost no one who did the novice class also did open. All the guys who were in open were like going for mm -hmm. that national qualification. Holy cow. So I was dead last oh, in wow. that and for sure. And that was a uh, class of I'm surprised. I mean, seven and six. Physique, I think it was like 13, 13 people in that one. So how does like when you're up and competing and you're judged like that, does that... You know, when people talk about bodybuilding and body dysmorphia, does it help with that? Is it make it worse? Is it? What do you mean? It is your or just an idea of what you're like? How do you view your body now? The, because other people have viewed it and judged it. It is such does it a change. It's is a it, personal. It's such a personal journey. I can't say what yeah. I what what I go through is what other people go through. Because some people have body dysmorphia worse than I do. Other people don't have it as much as I do. Um, so, but for me, like, I think that the fact that it, it's definitely, it's not present in my mind anymore. You start working out, you start being consistent, you start seeing results. It's being so down on your, or at least I'm not as down on myself about it anymore. Um, cause I'm working towards it. Just the act of working towards it's already, already gets rid of so much of the body of the, of the self hate. Okay. Um, you know, you're not just sitting there hating yourself on the couch as you finish your second and third bowl of Sour Patch Kids, um, <laughs> you know, or whatever. <laughs> but it becomes this, it, it, it becomes the journey is what it is. And it, it, and it gets to a point where it's like, you know, I don't, I'm not the worst looking person in the gym now anymore. I, you know, I'm not at the bottom. And then, uh, oh, you know, like, you know, I'm looking pretty good now, you know. And then, and then like now the gym that I go to, it's like, I'm one of the best looking guys there. And they all look at me like I'm some kind of like exalted being, I guess. And I'm like, they carry you around. On the <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, a, a higher level one, like I'm not the best in the gym, but I would say I'm closer to the top than the bottom, mm -hmm. of course. 
which is really cool and everything. But, and then you get to a point and, and it's just, it's just progress. It's leveling up. It's, it's just progress through life. You know, you get to that spot that you wanted, you, you know, you do that, you achieve that step in the stairway of life. And then you look up. I mean, yeah, you look back down and maybe a little nauseous, mm-hmm. but from seeing like what you were before, but you keep going up and you look at focus on the next step up and then you make the commitment to compete. And then and have you committed to another competition? No, 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 no. Do you think um, you will? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I, I was going to spend more time to make that decision of whether or not to compete again. Um, but it won't be for a while. Um, a so year, two years back in uh, back in April. Um, I went to Shred- the Shredded Cheddar Productions, uh, the Chris Cormier Classic, and I met Hunter Labrada, who is currently number four, Mr. Number four in the world, Mr. Olympia. Um, he and so I got to chat with him and he gave me really good advice about what I should do going forward. He said, do your first competition, get it out of the way, get the first time nerves and stuff out so that you know what you're getting yourself into and like really evaluate if you want to keep doing it. And if you still want to keep doing it. Take like at least two years and just grow. So you're going to eat for the next two years. Eat, but I'm going to try and not be, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to try and not, I'm going to try and be as lean as I can the whole time. Cause this is the leanest I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, there's bioimpedance monitors, you know, you can buy them off Amazon or whatever. They're incorporated. Bioimpedance monitors. What's that? Bioimpedance monitor. Yeah. So it's a fat loss monitor. Okay. It has like electrodes and you can have a handheld one or they oh, can yeah, be sure. built yeah, into like your scale. body weight scale, stuff like yeah. that. What they do is they measure the bioimpedance of like your skin tissue and it gives a not terribly accurate reading of your body fat, but it's a general idea. An, an idea. Yeah. yeah it's, yeah. it's more important to look at the trend if it's so going up or down. Where do you want to keep your body fat at? Um, well, I originally had the goal to be two, to be 200 pounds and 10% body fat. Now this was years ago. And when I started this thing, I was 210 pounds and I was about 20 to 23% body fat. Mm -hmm. Now, 30% body fat or more is considered obese. Mm -hmm. Um, And bodybuilders on stage get down to 0%. Wow. Well, near near, Near zero. You still have to have visceral fat to be healthy and everything, but... Their subcutaneous fat is completely gone. So that's when you see like those striations on their that's butts. When you, that's when you get yes. That's when you get when you dry. Can, yes. You get sandpapery skin. You get gritty. Um, that yeah. That kind feel, of look. Do you feel bodybuilding helps you love yourself more in the sense of like overcoming internalized homophobia or self hate in general? Um. Or does that matter? It's all, all part of the journey. I mean, because yeah. like, like with 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 the self, like the uh, the um, self image and everything, I tied a lot of as an engineer. I put a lot of weight and emphasis on the numbers, the data, um, the explicit measurables, and everything like that. Um, so I was caring very much about what that bioimpedance monitor said. 22%, 23%. Oh, I can cheat it down to 15% if I don't drink water during the mm-hmm. night. Dumb. It wasn't, that's no. not how it works. So now I'm, and, and people at my, at this competition level, they might be around 3%, 5%. My, my body weight scale was telling me like seven, five to 7% the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. It feels so good. 
it's so amazing to go from a 20, 20 something percent body fat down to like, what what the what the scale says is like I I know I know it's so crazy (laughs) well and then there's all the crazy things like you start seeing changes and it's like new you've never seen it before in your life you're like like when I'm doing my posing practicing my posing and stuff I'm like I can see abs what is this Mm. what's what's going on like so you actually get to start seeing the things and it becomes addictive or you become obsessed with it. And, and you're just like, you can, how further can I take this? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then yeah. you know, push it further and stuff, but you, you really got to be careful. You don't abuse it for mm. sure. Um, but yeah, you get down in that, you get down and down and, and that becomes so cool to see so progress. So are going to try and maintain at a certain percentage then? I would love not to go above 15% mm-hmm. ever again. Like, okay. I mean, you do need, you need to put on weight. To bulk, yeah. To like, you need to you be need in a, a calorie surplus. You need to be in a caloric surplus to build. That there's n- like you can be on all of the gear and steroids and whatever you want, but you need you can't build tissue mm-hmm. without having a surplus of energy to draw do, from to do, do that. Do your fellow contestants, do you guys talk about gear or people being like, oh, I'm on this right now or I'm doing this or is it or is it just kind of hush hush? I talk to you talks. guys the most about what I'm on more than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, folks, uh, let's grow big together is made possible because of fierce, legendary, epic, fabulous people just like you. If you want to consider making a one time donation. You can go to feastofun.com slash donate and give a one-time donation or become a member and access thousands of legendary podcasts with amazing people, uh, including some of your favorite bodybuilders of all time here on the show. And and all, all of them are ad-free, so you don't have to sit through, you know, a McDonald's ad mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to listen to the show. You can also join us on Patreon at yeah. patreon.com slash Feast of Fun for an ad-free experience. And if you do are thinking about taking your bodybuilding career or journey to the next level, I will sit with you for an hour and just, you know, go over all the things you've been doing and answer all the questions all the questions. All the questions. All the questions um, for just 99 bucks. Just message me on Instagram, Fausto Fernos, and just say, let's grow big together. I'm ready to grow bigger or, or take it to the next level. Now, we're getting to the part of the show where we give practical advice on to people. on And food is, to me, like the underrated. I love food. I love, I love food. food. And, but when you're eating to build muscle, you start to be like, love your, you grow to hate the things you love <laughs> to some degree. And one thing that I, uh, your friend Matt and I sort of had this breakthrough moment this week, we were talking is sugar-free applesauce, courtesy of Mark Felian, mm. because you're eating a lot of, for me, it's like chicken breast is just, you dry. know, a lot of dry and stuff. So your chicken breast with some rice and broccoli is a nice meal, but it's like uh, uh, so hard to eat. And using sugar-free, you know, plain applesauce as a sauce with your chicken and rice and broccoli is wonderful. So applesauce with no sugar no added. No sugar added. Added, yes. okay. Yes. Now, ah, I've learned about that, yeah. especially like paying attention to that during this prep is, yeah. well, how delicious some things can be. But how much sugar is added to stuff and, salt. and how it can, Sodium, how even stuff yeah. without added sugar can also be still really good. Mm. Um, Sugar-free was, applesauce, definitely recommend yes. it. Now, you have a recipe for uh, marinated cucumbers that you rave about. Yes. Why, why are cucumbers marinated 
so important for you and what are they good for? Well, I grew, I grew up eating them. It's yeah. a recipe my mom got. Uh, found and we've just had them and we've just i just had them growing up and and i was thinking about i was like okay what are the ingredients in this cucumbers which honestly takes more energy pickling cucumbers right no they're just regular old cucumbers okay and uh and uh, cucumbers take more energy for your body to digest and process than actually what they provide so like it's celery it's like negative net negative calories what and else it's a great is source it? of fiber yes which is important for your and intestinal some, gut health because that's where your biodome mm-hmm. lives on the fiber and and, and it's got micronutrients and it's crunchy so it's something more than just mush um but because of the act of fermenting it, or sorry marinating it you also do yeah. a little light fermentation uh, it's and it adds a uh, positive gut bacteria. Right. Form. It's only overnight, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's that. It's vinegar. Um, it's the garlic chili paste, a little salt. Some ball. And then um, some ball. Some ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Sriracha company yeah. with the chicken on it. Yeah. 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 The rooster. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, <laughs> the and, and then, don't, and don't then sugar. Your and your chicken's confused. And then sugar. Mm-hmm. And my family has used sugar. And I was thinking about it. I was like, why don't I'll use. I love stevia extract, uh, like stevia, mm-hmm. like not, I hate artificial sweeteners, but stevia I like cause it's clean feeling, you know, it doesn't bog it down and make it taste like paint thinner. So I change and I do stevia and that's my sweetener. And I eat, I can eat so much of that cucumber of those marinated cucumbers. I, I'll, I'll, I'll prepare two, like two cucumbers. I'll eat two of them and not like a In day. One day. Yeah. I'll prep two of them and, prep eat them the next day and then prep two more and that's the cool thing about the marinade the the sauce too is that like you can prep it once and you can get like two batches out of it oh yeah because you just keep it in the fridge yeah. and pour it on your next batch you do right? kind of dilute it with each cucumber mm-hmm. batch that you do so you can only get get get, around, get away with two that batches delicious. but it's really good i highly recommend it and like i said it's like you know if you keep the sugar out of it it's pretty much calorie free um, so, how, how, many, uh, how many grams of protein are you getting a day? Don't know. You don't measure it? No. I follow the plan that my coach gives me. So your coach is measuring it for you. Mm, Did uh, you ask him how much it was? No. I mean, if he wanted to figure out the number, he could count it out. But when you get to a level, yeah. um, or if you want it to be this way, um, it becomes food-based. It doesn't become numbers-based. Now, are you, are, you, are, are you following a diet plan from him now that the contest is over, or is that going to come in the future? <laughs> Don't go off the rails, is essentially what he says. And mm. gosh, uh, we went to Giordano's we last did. night. Pizza, yeah. Burgers and, and fries. You and you guys, you guys saw what I ordered. This is post show, yeah. right? What did I order? You added basically all the appetizers, and I was like, Going to steal one of your fries, <laughs> and you and Mark both almost ate my hand. I was like, he's not going to share that with you. <laughs> I think, right, Mark, you like swatted your hand away. None of no, that I for didn't. you. Well, part of me is also, too, is like, we had really lousy food yesterday. And so I was just like, finally, I was like, I have to have a chicken parmesan or something because I'm going to pass out. Sure. You know? Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Uh, the appetizer sample. I had this picked out earlier in the week because so all you're I've been. This. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we had a deep dish pizza. And then, oh, God, that skillet cookie was so good. A chocolate chip skillet cookie. was the last cookie. time you had a cookie? I don't know. And I love cookies. Chocolate chip cookies are one of my favorite things. Like, it's do you, so Do you know a and, great cookie that you can have that is not going to break the bank? That we've been, Mark, discuss, well, Mark is a big fan of this. 
What, graham crackers? Graham crackers. I grew up eating graham crackers, and Foster was complaining about having like a stomach thing. I'm just like, let's just some graham crackers. Like, I don't want those. Plain graham just, crackers? Yeah, and I'm just like, they're the really made, good. So yeah. I've just been, I buy them, and I had them in the house for a couple months, and I'd been eating them, and finally one day he tastes one. He's like, these are really good. I'm like, yeah. They're rich in fiber. Mm-hmm. They're uh, actually low in carbs, believe it or not. Um, and they give you that sweet, cookie, crunchy fix. And they're don't good they, with peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Don't they do like a wheat graham cracker? Well, they're, that's, all, made they're all made out of like uh, wheat because oh, they have a whole wheat. That's part of what graham flour is, is huh. it has the hull in it. As it was, more of the hull in I, it. I would it's not like, you know, think and, graham, uh, It's a bread and it's yeah. like carbs. And, uh, is you is know, graham and, cracker and, a carb? Yes. In England, they call <laughs> yes. them like, or Europe, they call them digestive biscuits, or, you know. Hey, but the, thing, biscuits, the difference between, cookies. you know, and people always ask me, like, why, are, why is a, you know, baked potato health with oil on it and salt better for you than a French fry? And I'm like, because synergy. And in terms of um, when with a graham cracker, because it's so high in fiber, the fiber sort of binds to some of the nutrients there, like the carbs, and it doesn't get absorbed as much. by The micronutrient body. content. Yeah. Yeah. If you have fries, the, it, all the micronutrients have been boiled out and fried out. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, well, the, there's something about the oil that's really bad for your heart, too, once something's yeah. fried. Yes. And synergy means like oil separate, sodium separated and carb separated don't do that much, but together they're like the super friends or the, the legion of doom for your muscle gaining. And so, you know, I always tell people is like sometimes, and this is one thing that I always observe, like people who struggle uh, with their health or their weight or their fitness. I always, I, I pay more attention to what they're doing because I can learn a lot from their mistakes. And one of them is they just eat out everything. They're always going to some fast food place getting that burgers and fries. But, you know, even when you're going to cheat on your diet or you're going to go eat something decadent, you're going to a nice restaurant and sitting down having a burgers and fries. You're not going through a drive through window somewhere. Because it's like if you get a cheat meal, yeah. why are you going to waste it on just plain old McDonald's? Right. Like, Some people have a fascination with fast food. Yeah. Oh, my God. And can just Make people just it. shut up about Chick-fil-A. Mm. <laughs> uh, another uh, yeah. but another yeah. practice about practical things. Right. Yeah, I yeah. do want to my coach introduced me my one of my favorite exercises. And I just posted one of these this recently uh, Hatfield squats. I want to what, talk What's a Hatfield Hatfield squats. They were I don't maybe Mr. Hatfield invented them. Um, I'm not sure who invented them. Are you sure uh, it's not Haney squats? Nope, they're called Hatfield squats. That's what my yeah, coach okay. calls them, and that's what I call them, I guess. But you get a you get a safety bar, and, and I put the reel on my Instagram too, and I kind of show how you do it, and you set it all up. It's kind of a weird setup, but you get a safety bar, which is a squat bar with these cushions on it, mm-hmm. and you put it on you. And you load it up heavy, and that's what I. One of the things I love about Hatfield squats is you can load it up heavy, um, and learn and have your body trained to handle that heavy weight. And you actually let go of the bar, mm-hmm. and the way it's designed is it stays on your shoulders on the pads. As long as you have enough weight on it, it'll stay on you. And what you do is you let go of the bar, you put your hands out into a onto a, a horizontal barbell in front of you, and you put your feet. You get ready for a squat. Your feet are actually a little bit more in front of you than a regular squat. They're not like right underneath you. They're actually more in front of you. It's going to be more like a hack squat position. And you hold on to the barbell in front of you so that you don't fall over backwards. It keeps Ooh. you upright. And How you, interesting. And you do a squat. Yeah. And it's yeah. very quad focused. So you're talking about my legs. 
this is one of my things that builds legs. Mm. My builds my legs so well. But you need like special equipment. Most gyms aren't going to have that, right? Yeah, well, if you have a cage, if you have a squat cage, mm-hmm. not a squat rack, you need like a cage or something kind of to contain you, um, to unrack from, hold on to in front of you, and mm-hmm. re-rack into. Um, and then a ha- yeah. and then a, a safety bar. You know, now, the, the one bar. exercise that I see you doing that I think is great exercise as an alternative to deadlifts is box what box is it? pulls box pulls box pulls or rack pulls or something like that yeah which is you're not it's similar to a deadlift but you're you're the it's the everything's elevated off the floor so the mm-hmm. range you're not putting your back in as much danger right yeah you're not um so deadlifts are great for power lifters power mm-hmm. lifters need to practice deadlifts cuz it's one of their main lifts but box pulls are really good for back development um and that's why they're one of like the the best exercises bodybuilders will use for back development is because it's limiting your range of motion to the part of the range of motion that's good for back growth and feeling the back muscles and developing them. So it's not just achieving the full deadlift movement. It's zoning in on what you specifically you want to work on, which is your back, your lats. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, it, you're mm-hmm. not rowing the thing. You're deadlifting up. So you're keeping your lats and everything engaged and tight. And that's uh, last year. Holy cow! My my deadlifts and box pulls went up enormously once I figured. Once I learned how lats can be such a significant factor in your deadlifting form, kind of weird. But engaging that and using your back to help your help not now do not curve your back when you're doing these at all. You want to keep a nice, straight, strong back. That's uh, my family has back issues, and I knew that before I even started deadlifting at all to make sure that my back was very good form before I even started deadlifting. So do not curve your back when you're doing any kind of deadlifting movement. It's and not good be, for you. as a warm-up, uh, do your cobra poses, but movement-oriented. So a lot of people, when they think of like, uh, there's there's a school of thought is like, you know, stretching or warming up has to be a certain way. And what I guide people is like, as long as you're moving, which is dynamic, dynamic warm up, warm up, dynamic all the way. And, you know, some of these yoga poses, you think of them as a stationary pose, but the movement Mm. is what really gets those muscles and those juices going. I really want to take a Tai Chi class. I've taken, I've studied Tai Chi. Like it's, you just don't move and but very slow. And like some of the top bodybuilders, <laughs> I think Kai Green yeah. did Tai Chi a little bit once because what Tai Chi does is it teaches you to control your movements. And not only does it help like, you know, your body, I mean, posing too. The important thing I think with Tai Chi is make sure that when you're, you know, pleasuring that grapefruit that you go very slow. <laughs> <laughs> You know, mm. that's a, the grapefruit. You had a great, some grapefruit juice after. Uh, oh, it that. was so good. Yeah. The fresh squeezed grapefruit juice this morning. <laughs> that was so good. Have you For ever those seen people that Kai don't Green's, know, there yeah. was a famous bodybuilder who um, fucked a grapefruit. Well, no. So early in the, you know, listen, bodybuilding takes a lot of money. And we actually have a show coming up here about like, you know, muscle sponsorships. Mm. And, you know, the, the people who actually help to pay for all this stuff, because not everybody has a good job and, or, uh, you know, the financial resources to pursue this. It's expensive. It's It's, so, it is not cheap. Oh gosh. It's so expensive. And then all the, all the money you lose. And I got loans. I got to start paying back here too. It's like, well, I guess I'm not competing anymore until these loans are paid off. 
So, so you know, in, in terms of like, you know, Kai Green or a lot of bodybuilders, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Sylvester Stallone were well known in the rich uh, men's circuit hmm. as muscle worship uh, tops. Basically, they were like get, went to rich men's houses um, and this is documented and written about extensively and where these guys would pay them just to flex in front of them. And of course, they would probably pleasure themselves, you know. And that's how a lot of these young bodybuilders made a living or made the ends meet so they could pursue their careers and go where they wanted to go. Um, in terms of Kai Green, he's somebody who's always been a very eccentric, uh, very uh, iconoclast. Expressive. He's so bizarre. But and he's you know, so cool. Dra uh, drag and bodybuilding are merging quite a bit, and he's no stranger to cross-dressing himself. So in early in his career, he was before he was this mass monster, he was uh, doing a lot of uh, videos for the pleasure of others. And one of them was him, you know, uh, penetrating a grapefruit with his the grapefruit method. Dong. The grapefruit method. <laughs> the grapefruit method. And so what's interesting about him is that he will laugh and kid around and talk about anything, but bring up the grapefruit and it's <laughs> like the conversation's over. Right. And it's to me, it's like, it, it's, it's, you know, so what? They fucked a grapefruit. <laughs> I, I, maybe the image that he Why don't you want wear to that to a t-shirt or on a t-shirt yeah. around him and see if he sees it. <laughs> so so what? what? You fucked a grapefruit. So what? <laughs> fucked a grapefruit. So what? Like y'all know, like you haven't experimented with a piece of fruit or vegetable. I mean, in the movie American Pie was about a guy sticking his dick in an apple pie. Yeah. You know, it's like. And it What's was a, more American than that? Yeah. I mean, grapefruit is uh, basically, you know, Canadian, right? It's, a, <laughs> it's tropical. It's, it's tropical, you know. It's, I don't think I'd want that citric acid on my dong. But there was a no, famous the, the, video. The video. The how-to grapefruit. <laughs> don't make that noise. The it's woman off. sucked a dick. Yeah, no. Oh, it's an off. It's a. It's a noise from Angel. hell. What's her name? Oh, yeah. I don't, she does. She does an instructional video. You mm -hmm. can find on YouTube. And yeah, it's hilarious. Me and my friends love watching all the time. But he, she says explicitly in that video that is it gonna burn? She's like, no. Just close your eyes and just enjoy it. Auntie Angel's her name. Uh, you can just search, Google it. Just search the grapefruit technique on YouTube. <laughs> yep. Tons of well, what's, covet. What's of it, wonderful yeah. about it is like she's very sweet and innocent, and then all of a sudden she just goes <laughs> to town, and the sounds coming out of her. You're just like, oh my gosh! It's comes. It's a hellish noise. It's pretty intense, and you know, I've watched uh, Kai Green's grapefruit video. It's not as outrageous as Auntie Angel's. Like okay. it's more kind of boring, to be honest. Sure. You know. Was Auntie, so the idea of this guy who's this famous bodybuilder doing something that's very sexual and very unusual is more exciting than the actual video itself. Whereas Auntie Angels is like, even if you don't know about these people and you're just objectively looking at it, it's hilarious when she goes. Because <laughs> 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 the sound is so loud. Yeah. It's, she's and quiet. she's so chill. She, and, yeah, throughout the whole video. And then she just it just changes tone. Just And it's like, that's why we all love watching that video is it's hilarious. Uh, John Paul O'Neill, I love you so much. You're such a great friend. Uh, it's always great talking about bodybuilding with you. Uh, if people want to follow you on Instagram and reach out to you, and maybe if that cute bodybuilder that you were talking to wants to go on a date with you <laughs> and is listening to the show, uh, it's JPO underscore physics underscore fitness. And of course, we'll put up a link to mm -hmm. it in the show notes so you can scroll down and follow my buddy, John Paul O'Neill, whose pronouns are he, I am. Mm -hmm. Not they, it.
they or no, just he him. He he him. Butch, nice, nice cisgender Butch queen realness. Simple. Yeah. Who dressed up for Halloween as Hercules? Went to the gym. You went to the gym and you were doing as Hercules. Your somebody, you worked out with somebody else in a costume too. Yes. Right? Yep. 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 And then oh, I do want to talk yeah. about this real quick. Two weeks from now, I'm going to be at Colossal Con North in the Wisconsin Dells and Anime Convention. And I'm going to be dressed up as one of my uh, a character from my second favorite anime. My first favorite anime is called is Fairy Tale. That's a pretty common one. But my second favorite anime is one called How Many Kilograms Are the Dumbbells You Lift? What? Okay. It is a it is an anime about weightlifting, and in it, and it's it's hilarious. Do watch the dub. Do watch the dub of it. The English dub. The English dub of okay. it is hilarious. Um, there is a trainer character in it. Um, and the the male trainer character he uh he he's hilarious he loves flexing his muscles and bursting out of the blue tracksuit that he's in i will be going as that character well, that's exciting i love going to the gym yeah i was very excited so i have that and i just need to edit the cosplay to kind of make it match and everything and then i'll be in that all saturday and meeting people and i mean hopefully i'll still be lean enough by then so you they could be. be asking for like well, pictures and stuff and, and you're a blonde right now eh, just temporary hairspray so you're color. gonna do, put do the wig is be easier right? uh, i hate wigs no. you hate just wigs do the hairspray. i do yeah. his well, name is ken shiro Yes. Uh, they, or Machio. 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 Yep. Machio Kenshiro. Well, good luck with that. And yeah. Good luck with your bodybuilding journey because it's just really just started. You're just a few yeah. years in. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, I'm, doing, I'm doing the masters. It sounds weird to call myself a master. So it's a master debater. Master, yeah. <laughs> master debater. But, uh, you know, it's I'm over 50 now. So I'm I'm. I'm you could qualify. you could qualify for all of the masters divisions, and I gotta tell you, except I, for I an felt, over sixty, I if felt they really good watching that. I felt really good. Yeah. However, though, there were some, some guys. There's some that are like they look like they're apparently like over forty five, but they look like they're thirty. Yeah, and it's like, and I was like, yeah. what is your moisturizing routine? I gotta make sure to like? cut his brakes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> put cayenne pepper in his. Uh, well, it was raining yesterday. You got to just shove him out into the rain so his tan gets ruined. <laughs> yeah, that was something I was very like worried about yesterday. Was the rain and my tan? <laughs> you get your tan. Well, hopefully, so so nothing got ruined or destroyed. Mm -mm. That's no, good. All good. Well, listen, folks, uh, follow us, subscribe on wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Apple, Spotify. Let's grow big together. And if you like the show, write us a review. And if you don't like it, also write us a review. Give us negative feedback. We thrive on it. Love I it. eat rocks for breakfast, people. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Thank Bye, you. Bye, everyone. Thank you, John Paul. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.